Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, family? Welcome to Speak. Now, I know y'all were watching it last night. The Nuggets sealed the deal. They got it done. They eliminated the heat in just five games. Many people are starting to talk about a dynasty. Before we talk about it, I got to get to the desk and introduce the entirety of the crew. Now, on a far end, Slick Rick Dubuque, you predicted the Nuggets in five. Did I? You did. You did. Oh, you yeah. Did. Yeah, I think I did. Now, yeah. you've been oscillating back and forth between the Nuggets and your Heat fandom ship. Have you decided on a team yet? Well, I can appreciate the Heat for what they are and still acknowledge who the better team was. I understand. I, did, I understand. Yeah. Great acknowledgement. Joined by Slick Rick Dubuker, we have Dr. Joy Taylor and all of her excellence. That's very good of you, Slick, because if I nailed the prediction, I would not be as behaved as you are. Oh, so, okay. kudos to you. Eagles Thank all-time you. Russian leader, LaShawn Shady McCoy to my now. Right. Well, let's get right to it. I already told you the Nuggets are champions for the first time in franchise history. Nikola Jokic was named Finals MVP. But it sounds like they're not done. Jamal Murray, star player, he said, quote, I think this is the first of many. Head coach Mike Malone had the same thought. Y'all got to take a listen to this. The last step is after a champion is to be a dynasty. So we're not satisfied. We accomplished something that's franchise has never done before but we have a lot of young talented players in that locker room and I think we just showed through 16 playoff wins um, what we're capable of on the biggest stage in the world Mm. Nuggets got their first championship Shady you not only won two Super Bowls you won them in back-to-back years you understand how hard it is though with different organizations to win back-to-back Super Bowls you're an individual who has done it Kansas City Chiefs Tampa Bay Bucks dynasty talk though two five that's crazy yeah until it's not. They got their first one. Is this the start of a Nuggets dynasty? I think so, right? And, and I look at this, and by the way, before I even get into my take, Coach Malone, just see him? He had like a little burp there. Now, and I don't know if it's some champagne or what it was, but I like that. I like that. <laughs> I we like, know what it was. I love what he said because I, I truly believe that. I, I think they had the, 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 the franchise to get it done. If, if, if you watched um, after the, they, they won the game and they had the owners talking and the coaches talking and all the small things they talked about, and it showed me that how much how they really love to play with each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can talk about the core guys, right? Jokic is going to be there. They got an MVP-type player. You need that. You got a really good star in Jamal Murray. He's going to be there. And then the other core guys, Michael Porter Jr., he's not a star, but he's a star for that team. He fits well. 6'10", guy that can shoot and play in, in athletic ability and that type of talent. And then Eric Gordon, he is a, a top five pick. He, he fits well with this different Nuggets team. Listen, I don't want to jump off the edge too early, 
right, and, and shoot myself in the foot. But I'll say this. I truly believe that this team could be a team that we can talk about for the next mm-hmm. three to four years as being a contender and, and, and a champion again. Shady, I, I don't see it. disagree with you because, Slick, when I think about it, they have the MVP. When you think about yep. the DNA of a dynasty, what do you need? You need your alpha, your MVP. You need your Michael Jordan. You need your Magic Johnson or Kareem. You need your Steph Curry or LeBron James. You mm-hmm. need that alpha. Yep. So you have that in the Joker. When you think about a dynasty, what else do you need? You need a pivotal Robin. Whether it was Magic mm. or Kareem at times it oscillated, you need a pivotal Robin. It was Scottie Pippen. It happened to be Kyrie Irving, Dwayne Wade, yep. Anthony Davis. It happened to be Clay Thompson. It happened to be Steph Curry when Kevin Durant showed on the scene. You need a pivotal Robin. Who else do you need? A coach who can see or predict the future. You need a Phil Jackson. You need a Phil Jackson again. You need a Steve Kerr. What did Mike Malone say after he won? We don't just want a championship. We want a mm. dynasty. What else do you need? You need youth. Again, a young Magic Johnson with an aging Kareem. You have a James Worthy. You have a Kyrie Irving. You have a Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, all young. Aaron Gordon, Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, MPJ, they are all 28 and under. They have the DNA of a dynasty. I think this could be the start hmm. of the next dynasty. Slick, where do you stand? Yeah, I, I think you put it well. It's the DNA for a dynasty. Um, there's a lot of things that happen to a team over the course of winning multiple championships. Guys' roles have to, well, guys' roles change. Egos get involved. Money gets involved. Now, the beauty of where they are right now is that they have, their five starters are all under contract. Other than Jeff Green, their rotational players are all under 30 as of right now. So this is a team that can grow. And you have pieces like Michael Porter Jr., who I don't think has played his best basketball. Right, I agree. So they can get better as they go. And you have that nucleus that fits together. So if I'm looking at a blueprint for how I would build a dynasty, the Denver Nuggets have that blueprint. But there is the getting it actually done. And we've had this debate, and we will have it again at some point, about exactly what is a dynasty. True. Right? We're talking not just about one year. We're talking about minimum three or four years. So I I will say, Michael Malone's comment is why there's a love-hate relationship between players and coaches. Because you just won the first championship in the history of the franchise. And he's like, let's go get another one. And you're like, come on, man. I'm still burping up my champagne. Yeah, like, yeah. what? Really? They like, we got to start today? Come on. So I see it. I understand why he would put it in front of them now. He, he referenced Pat Riley. He's the, Pat's the first guy that I ever heard say that. Like, celebrating one championship, we're going after the next one. Uh, but yeah, look, I don't, I don't, there's a part of me that says I want to slow down. There's another part of me that looks at it and goes, yeah, it's legit. Joy, what do you look at? What do you see when you look at the Nuggets? Congrats, Denver Nuggets and Denver Nuggets fans. I am going to say lots of nice things. I might say more nice things about the Nuggets than everybody else up here today. But this is not going to be the segment where I do that. And you can blame Mike Malone for that. (laughs) Because nobody else is talking about this until he decided to introduce this idea of a dynasty. Mm. The DNA of a dynasty requires you win multiple championships first. That's Mm -hmm. the first drop of DNA of a dynasty. A dynasty? They won one championship. This is the first championship in the history of their organization. Enjoy it. Celebrate it. Bathe in it. Bask in it. It's an amazing experience. Why are you talking about dynasties? Who 
Shady, how hard is it to win a championship? So hard. You it's tell so us hard. all the time. Yes, yes, Stop I do. Stop talking about how easy it is to win championships. It's super duper duper hard to do. Right. That's why we celebrate them. That's why we give people just a little bit of extra juice, even if they're an all-time great, if they have more championships. That's right. That's why we talk about Michael the way that we do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Come on. Uh, come on. This is such an amazing moment. We're talking about the DNA of a dynasty. You have to win multiple championships before you start talking about the DNA of a dynasty. Now, I understand on paper, this is a great situation. I can look around the league and think of some other great situations as well. Bucks are in a pretty good situation. Mm -hmm. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. bad The current dynasty, which I don't believe has come completely dethroned yet in the Warriors, still have a pretty good situation. Mm -hmm. They did Mm -hmm. just win. Just last year, they were back in the playoffs again this year. There are other teams that have these kind of DNAs. This is a very unique situation in that they do have everybody under contract for another year. But a lot can happen. A lot did happen. True. So just, just, but just you know, I know today's the day to like, but like maybe just, maybe just err on the like celebrating. And you know, maybe champagne's not his drink. And champagne isn't for everybody. That is true. That is that is true. If today is the day to go full steam ahead, then allow me to go just one more step ahead. Um, if I'm forecasting, if I may, Shady, may I? If I may. Who you think? Um, you told him to put the brakes on it. Yeah, goes, and he's like, nah. nah. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing a lot of that today. <laughs> uh, to me, a dynasty, if you really want to have one, it's not even just about you. So many people try to make it about the individual talent. It's not just about that. To me, if you really want to accomplish something great in life, it's really about timing. Hmm. Timing is actually more important than talent itself. I always say, if Bill Gates was born in the year 2000, he would not have been Bill Gates. If Steve Jobs was born in the year 2000, he would not have been Steve Jobs. There are plenty of introspective articles that talk about it. Our biggest tech geniuses were born within a 10-year period, 1955 to not 1965. Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, Michael Dell. Why? Because their timing was right. They were just old enough, shady, to know how to program, but just young enough to be in tune with electronics. The timing was right. When I think about the timing of even Michael Jordan, if the Bulls were around in starting their dynasty in the 80s, I don't know if they would have been a dynasty because now you really got the crux of the Lakers. If the Warriors were starting instead of in 2015 in the year 2000, who knows if they would have been a dynasty because you got to deal with, again, the Lakers with Kobe and Shaq. But because the Nuggets, to me, <clears throat> timing is right. LeBron in the next two, three years is going to be 40, 41, et cetera. Steph, next two, three years is going to be 36, 37, 38. Kevin Durant going to be 35, 36, dealing with an Achilles injury. I think the timing is right. I love me some Giannis Antetokounmpo, but I believe Middleton and Drew Holiday are both early 30s, if I'm not mistaken. And Brooke Lopez. Uh, Brooke Lopez, et cetera. So when I think about the potential for a dynasty, Shady, I'm also thinking more than just the nuggets. I think the timing also looks good. Yeah, I'm not really worried about the timing. I'm worried about the team here. And when I look at this team compared to all the other teams in the NBA, they're best fit. I, I truly believe that. Like, they have an MVP like Jokic mm-hmm. for the last two years, and then you build on it. And then what, what Coach Malone did, I love because now, listen, I'm making my boys aware. <laughs> We're not coming for this one. We're not satisfied. Yo, enjoy your champagne. He's, he's burping on, on the press conference. <laughs> enjoy it. Papa Miles, enjoy that. But the, the mango, we want multiple. We want to be talked about like the Lakers, like the Bulls, right? All the things you talked about. Mm-hmm. We want to be mentioned in that category, and I think that's the way you do it. You make your guys aware because their, their, their core guys are going to be there, right? They're signed for four or five years already. So I, I love the message that he's bringing because I, I feel like a guy like Phil Jackson, right? Steve Kerr. Okay. They probably had them same messages. We got this first one. Yep. We want more. I, get, I get that. 
but you don't have to go dynasty. You can say, let's go get another one. You can say, hey, let's not be satisfied with one. Dynasty, as we again, as we've talked about, is like, we're going to, for the next four years. What's the problem with that, though? Uh, we want to go. We want to be. We want to make a dynasty. That's well, what we want to go do. Go, there's just nothing. Nothing is sacred anymore. Yeah, what there's, it feels like. There, there's like, some of that. When you're talking about dynasties, you're talking about teams that have dominated for a decade, who have three or four or mm-hmm. five champ or six yeah, championships, right. and you haven't finished celebrating the first one. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Barely. And you, barely. And, and you need a second one before yeah. you can even really yeah, start having a conversation. There's steps. Yeah, well. Shady, you know this. There's steps to everything. There's right. steps to building a team. There's steps to developing that team. There's steps to winning a championship. And this feels like it's going for, oh, we finally took that first big step. And now we're going like to look it. forward six steps. Shady, you wait, 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 when the Warriors won that first championship, right? Yeah. They could have easily said, oh, we, we, we got one. We got two. No, we want all of it. How you know Steve Kerr wants sitting in the back? We want dynasty. Well, saying in the back is one thing. Because sure enough, because sure enough, they went out and did it. And every year, Western Conference Finals, yeah, Finals, but, Finals. Okay. Finals. They did it. Come on, now. It sounds they, crazy until it happens. True. Sure. No, and it can happen. Okay. And, the, and the, look, I'm, I'm telling you, the Nuggets have the blueprint. <laughs> but to immediately go from one to, to three, three yeah. or four and it's, and you know what? a little much. It was from my, my take, but for your take, the timing is right, though. When you said that, start thinking about it like, yo, LeBron and them ain't going to be as strong two years from now. Step so Curry, are you Steph Curry, not, them boys, they're going to be a little older. No, I'm, no, saying, no, no, no. I'm just saying, but the timing do make some sense. Timing makes sense. I'm on time, baby. I'm never late. Never late. Okay, we will not be late with this upcoming topic because I got a lot to get off about Jimmy Butler. I believe we let him skate one too many times. I'm unloading and unleashing on Butler next. But don't forget, you can check us out every day on the Fox Sports Channel on Sirius. I can't X. wait to hear this. Jimmy, Jimmy, no buckets. Jimmy, no bucket. Well, speaking of jobs, the Heat did not get the job done last night in the NBA Finals. It was an elimination game. All eyes were on the court. And, well, they came up short. Jimmy Butler finished with 21 points. But late in the game, he did make a very strong push, scoring 13 points in roughly two and a half minutes. 13 points, but it wasn't enough. Shady, can Uh I? Do you mind if I do? It looks like you already got your mind made up. I have my mind made up. Do your thing, bro. Do Um, your thing. Let me take the collar off. Thank you, sir. Oh, there you go. Go get him. Get him. Um, I'm tired of us allowing Jimmy Butler to skate. I think about it like this. Don't push me into a ditch and expect me to applaud you for handing me a ladder. And that's what Jimmy Butler did last night. He pushed the Heat team into a ditch. How are you the fifth leading scorer on a team in which we brag about having seven undrafted players? Three of the undrafted players are major contributors. With four minutes left in the game, five minutes, three seconds to be exact, he was the fifth leading scorer on that team. Caleb Martin has scored more points. Max Juice has scored more points. Uh, Bam Adebayo has scored more points. 37-year-old Kyle Lowry has scored more points. I don't know why we're in the four box right now, because I really just want to see the plays, and I want to see myself, because I'm starting to get aggravated. Kyle Lowry had scored more points. 37-year-old Kyle Lowry. Jimmy, he pushed the heat into a ditch, 2-5. He averaged, I believe it was, 31 points a game in the first 12 games. So we said all hail Jimmy Butler, rightfully so. But then in the last 10 games, only 21 points per game. The math did not math, not in my mind nor on the scoreboard. But finally, elimination game. Everything to play for. Hungry dogs got to eat. And Jimmy Butler, eight points. Bam Adebayo gave you 18 points in the first half. 18 
15 points in the first half, and all you had for me was eight through three quarters, three and a half quarters. I apologize. Let me get my facts straight. I can't allow it to skate. So I don't think Jimmy Butler is a number one on a championship team. That is what I have concluded. My mind is made up. The facts have been sealed and delivered. Joy, you know more about Jimmy Butler than I do. You've watched more of Jimmy Butler than I have. You tolerate Jimmy Butler more than I can. So is he a number one on a title team in your mind? Well, you know, I, don't, I like to like get very literal. They haven't won a title, and he is the number one. So as of right now, you are correct. Do I think he can be? Yes, I do. He has 592 points in the playoffs. That is second behind only one player. He's a pretty good player. Can we guess who he is? It's Jokic. Jokic. Who has... 600, 592, 600. That's not a big gap. Did Jimmy have a rough night last night? He sure did. Has Jimmy struggled in moments throughout this postseason? Yeah, he absolutely has. But we all have eyeballs, and we know who the number one on this team is. So my issue, I guess, with the Jimmy Butler criticism is we can't simultaneously talk about, or on one hand, talk about how little high-level talent this team has Mm -hmm. and how outmatched they were Mm -hmm. against the Nuggets and really against everybody else in the playoffs and how they're playing with all these undrafted players. And the number two is Bam that some people don't feel is a number two. And then criticize Jimmy for getting them here. Like, which is it? Did Jimmy drag and lead this team of not all these good players or is it Jimmy's fault and Jimmy came up short on a team with a bunch of good players? Like, which is it? That's, that's my part with the criticism. Like, we know Jimmy is the reason that they are here. Mm-hmm. So if he's the reason they're here, maybe he's tired. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. he's dealing with an ankle injury. Maybe he's mentally exhausted because he's the one that has to show up big every single night. Now, look, it is what it is. You win, you lose. Yeah. You get criticized when you lose. You get praised when you win, and that's how it goes. So I'm not saying that he is beyond reproach here. But I can't, do, I can't do both. Like, yeah. I have to appreciate Jimmy for what he's been able to do in this post. Shady, I almost, and I know you can't feel bad in sports. You can't. But I almost felt bad during the fourth quarter of that game yesterday. The end of the third and the fourth for this reason, 2-5, and, and you'll be able to feel this point. I'm watching Max Struess, Caleb Martin, uh, Kyle Lowry, Gabe Vincent fight for their lives. But they're just not as talented as the other guys. Yeah. They're just not. They're not as big, they're not as fast, they're not as strong, they're not any of that. They're not as big as MPJ, who's 6'10", Aaron Gordon, who's a top five pick, and he said, they're just not. But you know who is? Jimmy Butler. And while I was watching, I was like, Jimmy, you are one of two people, you and Bam, that is talented enough to do something about what's going on right now. You're the only one. It's been time, Shady, when you were my previous teammate, we're playing somebody, Detroit Lions, snow game. I encourage y'all to go watch the YouTube clips. There was like eight inches of snow before we went out on the field. I couldn't run. Really couldn't nobody run. But somehow, someway, LaShawn McCoy was playing like it was 75 and sunny. I've never been more impressed with another athlete than Shady in that game. That was a game where I was like, Shady's the only one. He's the only one who can do something. That's how I felt about Jimmy last night, but he didn't do it. He was the only one who could save the day, and he didn't save the day. Can he be a number one? I'm going to say yes. Right? I'm not, not going to kill Jimmy like you did, but there were some other players I will kill, so don't, don't feel bad. I just think that mm. Jimmy is a, is a really, really good player. I think he's a star. The playoff Jimmy didn't come from this, this year. It's been for the, the couple of years of him balling out in the playoffs, getting busy. Mm-hmm. Carry him type of guys you talked about. My thing with, with the Heat is you want to look at Jimmy, let's look at Bam. I think he needs a stronger number two. I think Bam is a two and a half, three type player. Okay. Jimmy needs one more guy to go with him. Jimmy Butler is not a offensive volume player. That's never been his game. 
His game is a great two-way player. I'm going to guard your best player on offense, and I'm going to get buckets. I'm going to play physical. I'm going to play in the post. I'm going to shoot a couple threes. I'm going to shoot a mid-range game. I'm going to get fouls. I'm going to go to the free throw line. That's Jimmy's game. I just feel like when I watched his last game last night, it just it was too late. He tried to turn it on too late. Yeah. And I think him as an offensive player, him figuring out when it's time to go and when it's time to chill. And, and, and you talked about all the other players, the role players that, that did a great job of trying to win the game for him. Yes, sir. The difference is, is that they're not, they're not getting guarded by the top guy. The defensive of strategies is always for Jimmy Butler. Right? Like Aaron Gordon, I mean, bro, he's a top five player. He's six, what, six, nine, six, ten? Mm-hmm. Strong? Five, five, Come on. Yeah. So my thing is, like, he had the, the harder defenders. I don't want to give him excuses because I hate giving excuses to people. I don't care about his ankle injury. I don't care about none of that. He has to be better. But I think how he can be better is the, if the Miami Heat, we talk about this culture. Well, let's see the culture. Go out there and give him a real number two, and let's see what happens. Hmm. Strong. Uh, note to self, anytime that Emmy Acho gets into preacher cadence, give him a wide berth. <laughs> um, I am not going to kill Jimmy uh, or limited buckets either. Um, Jimmy no buckets? Yeah, uh, whatever we want to call him. And in part because Jimmy has never claimed to be a guy who's going to be a number one who's going to take a team to the finals. Sure. Right? And I, too, was shocked at how docile he was through the first three quarters. We talked about it on the, on, on the text string. We we're just like, why, why is he not being more aggressive? I saw him. He had Michael Porter Jr. in a one-on-one situation, and he never even looked to, to attack the basket. But I've also seen this Jimmy over a number of games, and my feeling has been, and this is where it's difficult, I don't know what he's got left. I don't know where he is physically. I don't know where he is mentally. And he looked to me like a guy who was saving it for the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. who was like, I'm the guy who's supposed to bring it home, but I don't have it for four quarters. So let me see if I can get other guys there and we can keep it close. And then you saw, like, suddenly he gave you that burst. He hit a three. He had that crazy foul on Aaron Gordon and was able to get you three more free throws, made all three. Like, He's missing free throws early. He was doing like, but there was a different Jimmy. You saw a glimpse of that fourth quarter Jimmy once again last night. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it just wasn't enough. And that's a answer, big deal, though, Slick. Well, to answer the question, like I've never thought that Jimmy could be the number one on a championship caliber team, unless you've got like just a super duper team around him. He can be your leader. He can be your emotional leader. He can get, he can be your IQ leader. But he's still, to Shady's point, he's, he's, he's 6'6", 6'7". He's not, he doesn't jump out of the gym. He's not, he doesn't have a, a particular physical advantage. And you put somebody like Aaron Gordon on him, who is yeah. probably more athletic, bigger, stronger. He can just, make just, the just game quick. difficult yeah. on Jimmy. And but I think I got to veto that. And, and, and Joy's made brilliant points severally before. There are only so many number ones. I got to veto it for this reason. Jimmy gave you 13 points in two and a half minutes. He gave you a couple buckets in people's eyes. Right. His 6 sixness did not matter for those two and a half minutes. As difficult as they made it on him, he got them points at will. Like, where, bomb, 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 free throws, bomb, bomb, free throws. Where did he get them? He got four of them at the free throw line. He got two three-pointers, and then he made another bucket. I mean, but isn't it insane that he's expected to do that? Like, Jokic isn't expected to do that. He doesn't have to do that because he has an incredible roster around him of a lot of talent. I just, I can't, I can be honest and fair about what this Miami roster is and what they've been able to do. Okay, Joey, okay. You can. I've been waiting for this, like, Joey. They're better. 
Because we've been, we been, we been, we been saying this. And yeah, you been trying to like, oh, are they good? Because they're balling. Are they, no, like, they are. They are, okay. they are I feel like great. she's coming over. She's the, coming over. They're the second best team in the NBA this year. Yeah. They're better than the entire Eastern Conference. What they weren't better than is the best team in the Western Conference, huh? who is huh? the Denver Nuggets. And there is a big gap between the Nuggets and every other team yeah, in the NBA, which we'll get to in a moment. But No, there's a lot. She's a big gap. Because the Western Conference Finals was a sweep. So there's a big gap between, in my opinion, between them and everyone else in the NBA. Like I said, we'll get to this in a moment. But Jimmy, when you really look at what Jimmy did throughout the entirety of the playoffs, because, again, he was the vessel that got them to the finals. Right. He was. You have to say Max Struess, Vincent, I, they were ghosts and, and, in the and, last and, two and, games. And like, I, can't, I can't talk about what they did in the, in the fourth quarter of that game. Where were they in games two, uh, three and four at home? Nowhere. Nowhere to be found. And if, you, and if you watch how they ran the offense... If you when, when when Jimmy Butler had the ball, you see what they were doing? Mm-hmm. They were trying so hard to get the pick with with um, him and um, um, Jamal Murray. Mm-hmm. He wasn't just going one on one on Aaron Gordon. They no. were trying to get the mismatch the whole game. Right. That should tell you something. Okay, let's get this big sucker off of Jimmy yeah, Butler. No doubt. He played more minutes than any other player in the playoffs. Here's my thought though: is mm, like so, yes. when you're when you're talking about these dudes, and and to be a number one, we're, we're not talking. I mean, you got to be the next tier of elite. Yeah. Like Joy's brought this up, and it's been brilliant. There are only so many number ones. Probably five or six of them currently playing. But when I go down the list. Slick, I think about it like this. Jimmy Butler, in my mind, is more Clay than he is Steph. Jimmy Butler is more AD than he is LeBron. Jimmy Butler is more Kyrie than he is LeBron. Jimmy Butler is more mm. Tony Parker than he is Tim Duncan. Jimmy Butler is more Pal than he is Kobe. Like, Jimmy Butler is more two than he is one. It's not to say there's any problem with that, Damn. but it's just to say that, like, I, it, it, it hurt me to watch because I was truly perplexed, Joy. Like, Jimmy, it's, this is it. This is it. So do you, feel you? The same, do you feel the same way about Jason Tatum? That's what I'm just yes. right so he's now, not, he's not a, Yeah, right okay, now, okay, Jimmy, okay. Jason Tatum, Devin okay. Booker. They are all, they've but all Jimmy been there. Jimmy has been the one on yeah. a team that's been in the NBA Finals twice in the last four years. Correct. I said, the only reason I mentioned Tatum and Booker, because they've, they've also been there, only once, obviously. Right. Um, but that's, that's, that's one more time which, that which, they've gotten there. I, but but, but, short, but also, like, yeah, they just, they came short, but it's, it's just hard for me to sit here and say that when Jimmy is the reason why they're there. Like, I, I right. don't, like, how, how can I be critical of someone who is the reason why they're there? Play the most minutes, average 26.9 points in the playoffs, scored second most, the second most points of anyone in the playoffs except mm-hmm. for Nikola Jokic, who was the finals MVP and just won in five. Because there's players that be great. Right, yes, that sir. gets you there. That don't win. And, and like, like, mentioned like, Clay, because this guy's like, like Barkley, like, like Iverson. Mm-hmm. You almost dare say they're not a number one. No, and no. they and they took their team but and didn't win. Clay is not. Clay has you not been the number one on a team. That's, yes, you but Clay has never been the number one on a team that he's taken them to the finals twice. Right. Agreed. That I just part think matters. that like we don't talk enough, at least, and maybe it's shame on us. We don't talk about going to the finals. We talk about winning. That's sure, fine. sure. Yeah. We, like, we like winners. As we should. As we should. My only thought, though, is, and Slick, and, and I'll, I'll let you kind of run it home, is this. In the Eastern Conference Finals, there was a debate as who was the most valuable player. The reason mm-hmm. I say there was a debate, there literally was one. Nine mm-hmm. panelists, esteemed voters voted. Mm-hmm. Four votes went to Caleb Martin. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Five votes went to Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. So it was not clear-cut that Jimmy was the best player in the Eastern Conference Finals. If we were to all cast our ballots who was the best player in this series for the Miami Heat, it would be, I would hope, Bam out of bio fairly unanimously. I would hope that y'all watched enough of the games to see, like, yo, Bam was playing like crazy. Mm-hmm. 
A first impression is a lasting impression. Jimmy's first impression was phenomenal. 56 points versus the Bucks, 42 points versus the Bucks. But Slick, if we're being honest with ourselves and honest with the tape, yeah. the last nine games for the Miami Heat, Caleb Martin was arguably the best player, literally, and Bam Adebayo was the best player. So that's just where I'm torn. It's not like Jimmy was the best player for all four freaking series. He was the best player for two. Caleb was arguably for one, and Bam was for one. This is my issue with the debate over Caleb Martin being potentially better than Jimmy Butler against the Boston Celtics. Yes, sir. Is you could say he was more impact, or he was equally impactful or more impactful. But you're still running everything through Jimmy Butler. Yes, sir. True. You're not. The Boston Celtics were never focusing on making the game hard on Caleb Martin. And he took advantage right. of that. Right. He exploited that. It's a, I'll go back to when the, the Spurs swept the Cleveland Cavaliers and Tony Parker was the finals MVP. MVP yep. mm-hmm. Tim Duncan was the... Where, which I got, I got it right there. <laughs> Tim Duncan was the, was the guy that... The Cavs were focused on, and Tony Parker took advantage of it. And so, does that make him the MVP? Does that make him the most valuable player? Well, he, t- he, he exploited the attention that the other guy was getting. Jimmy Butler was getting all the attention. And look, at some point, it does come down to matchups. Mm-hmm. Like, even in the finals, were the Denver Nuggets trying to stop Bam Adebayo? Or were they like... We'll let him get what he can get, but the guy that we can't let go get going is Jimmy Butler because Jimmy Butler, when he gets going, absolutely. Now he gets Gabe Vincent and oh, yeah. and everybody else going. Shady, here's why I'm frustrated with that. I know we got to go. Here's why I'm frustrated with that you get this get this final thought off is even when you face an eight man box, eight man box, five defensive, four defensive linemen, four linebackers, whatever the case may be. I still need you to get busy because you're LaShawn McCoy. Now, I would hope that the passing game eats too. But eat, no, 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 Even when you get an eight-man box, I would hope that you can still get busy because of who you are. I'm always going to give out crazy work. This is in my DNA. On on a a real topic, like playing with Deshaun Jackson, Jeremy Macklin, right? We different from playing with just <laughs> Sammy Watkins sometime. Yeah, like, it's a difference. Oh, I love this Appreciate show. Because Bam ain't no Rodman. Let's keep it real. He not no Rodman, though. He be up and down. First half, he was, he was balling out. Couldn't even find him in the second half. Is he playing? Just you calling people out? Call it out. Hey. Bam hey. must be okay. We lost the preacher cage. Come on, man. <laughs> Killing my man Jimmy like that, man. Uh, coming up, we have to talk about the Nuggets getting the job done. Okay, we already know that they're champions, but here is the real conversation to be had. What's our biggest takeaway? What, did an opinion change? Who was the star? Is there dynasty talk? What else did we learn from the finals? That's next on Speed. Baseball is back, and so is Slippin' Bats. Five times a week, Monday through Friday. So follow us on the Fox Sports app, YouTube, and anywhere you get your podcasts. The Nuggets, NBA champions for the first time. I cannot overstate first time in the franchise history. They closed out the Heat in five games. On their home court, Nikola Jokic, 28 points, 16 boards on his way to being named Finals MVP. We're having way too much fun on this show, so let's let it keep on going. Slick, we learned a lot. We all learned a lot. You learned a lot at home watching the show about the NBA Finals, but what was your biggest takeaway from the Nuggets eliminating the Heat last night? Man, that last step to winning a championship is a doozy. I mean, we thought, look, going home, they're at home. They just, they ran the Miami Heat 
two games in a row down there, right? This was, this was finished, and then it wasn't, <laughs> right? And largely because of the Denver Nuggets in their own hand. I mean, they missed 10 of 23 free throws. They had wide open threes and shot 18%. I mean, the way that they played and the turnovers that they had were just crazy, and the free throws that were missed. I mean, this, these are shots that they were automatically knocking down. Look at this play right here. Is that Jamal Murray? Is that the same guy who had a triple-double two games ago? Yeah, that's like, him. Yeah, that's him. There were so many plays where it looked like they would have actually been, and, I, and it made me think, they closed out the previous two series on the road. On the road, you're just focused. You don't have the crowd, their yep. expectations. You're not playing with all that. You're not thinking ahead. We're, we could be champions for the first time. You can just stay in the moment. And so that's what I took away from it. It was like, you know what? If the Miami Heat had just a little bit more or had guys who had won championships beyond their, their, their head coach, this series might still be going on. Now that Denver knows how to get it done, that's going to be very valuable in their pocket. But that first time figuring it out and KCP being the only player who had had a ring and that was in the bubble, which is, there's no home crowd there. There's no closing it out with all that circumstance. Like, this is a great learning experience, but we watched the Denver Nuggets potentially play their worst game of the series. No doubt about it. And still figure out a way to get it done. No doubt about it. Slick, for context, I think the Nuggets shot 17.9% from three. Yes. I think they shot 53% from the free throw line. Yep. It was uncharacteristically bad. Incredibly insightful from you. Joy, what was your biggest takeaway from the game? Well, one, that Denver is significantly better than everybody else in the NBA this year. It's a big gap. And Jokic is the best player on the planet right now. And he is allowed to sit in that throne for until someone knocks him off. Yep. Like, he's, he's earned that space, particularly the way that he played. But also, I think that when you really look at what this Nuggets team has done leading up to this championship, not just this year, the way that they've built, the way that he's developed, the way that he has grown as a player, he was already a great player. He was a back-to-back league MVP. And then leveled up. Mm-hmm. And now winning a championship has closed the conversation on whether those MVPs were valid or not. And mind you, he didn't have a down year this year. He was an MVP finalist again this year. And many felt that he should have won three in a row. So I just think that they were really, really very impressive. And I like the way that they built this team. I like how they've developed players yeah. and then added great players. KCP. I mean, Lakers probably could have used this Mm. this postseason. So just really, really great contributions from players that they've brought in, players that they they had in the building, players that they've developed, Jokic developing. And it's really a a testament to well-run organizations not bailing too soon on Mm. coaches. And if you look at the last four Mm. years, this is is what's lined up for it. Just be patient sometimes in sports, and and it can pay off, particularly with if you have a great player, you can deal with injuries and stick with it. Lost in the conference finals to the Lakers in 2020. Lost in the second round to Phoenix. Lost in the first round in five games to Golden State. Now you win a championship. You paid your dues, and they were really impressive. Takeaway for me was um, everything after the game, right? That was a great game. It was a tight game. You could tell that it was a lot of jitters. It missed a lot of free throws, a lot of open shots, you know, uh, careless with the basketball. And it got down to this a uh, couple minutes, and then, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy Buckets goes in that nice little run. So it was a great game. But for me, it was everything after the game. Okay. Seeing how Jamal Murray goes up to the owner and says, thank you so much for still believing in me, right? Going to Mike Malone and saying, coach, 
I'm so happy that, that, that you didn't trade me. You know, are you, and, and Coach Malone talked about it. He said, you know, Jamal Murray came up to him and asked him, are you, are you guys going to trade me once he hurt his knee? Mm-hmm. He's like, what? No. Get healthy. You're part of this operation. You're part of this team. Mm-hmm. You don't see a lot of that on different teams, right? Even Michael Porter Jr. was happy when uh, Bruce Brown came in for him, something for him, and, and had some good moments. Yep. Like, when I look at a team like this, I'm like, wow, it's scary. Because not only do they love playing with each other, they care for each other. And not only the players, that's the head coach, that's the ownership. And when you have something like that, now that is the making of a dynasty. Yeah, that's really well said. You know, Joy, as you were talking, you led me to a thought that I hadn't had prior to, to listening to what you had to say. I guess my biggest takeaway right here and now is it might be better to build it than to buy it. And what I'm getting at is you mm. think about this Nugget squad. They built this squad. Mm-hmm. Jokic has been there, drafted. Jamal Murray has been there. They allowed him to, to develop over time. Who won before? Last year, it was the Golden State Warriors. They built that squad. Mm-hmm. Steph Curry, yeah, yeah. Clay Thompson, yeah. Draymond Green. Who won the year before? It was the Bucks. They built that squad. Mm-hmm. Giannis, 2013, drafted there. Chris Middleton traded after his rookie year in 2013. Years and years and years. Now, clearly, there's the outlier, LeBron James. Essentially, wherever he goes, he can seemingly find a way to get a ring. But when you really think about it, there's a shift in the tide of the NBA. It's better to build it than to buy it. For years, the last several, we've been talking about who's the next great super team. Super team here, super team there. But maybe you just build a really good team and you make that team super, if you will. Mm. So that's really his Joy was talking, I was thinking, I guess my biggest takeaway is it's better to build it in a society of wanting to buy it. Sure. Maybe you just throw it in the oven as opposed to the microwave and let that thing cook for a little bit longer. Well, it all usually tastes better that way. Also. Yeah, yeah, and I, I also believe that, I mean, let's, let's look at this team and certainly we have Jokic as the two-time MVP, but we've talked about it. Like, okay, so who's the, they don't have any other all-stars. I think they have all-star talent. They just haven't been yeah, named all-stars. That, talent, yeah. But... It's the depth and versatility of this team. When Jokic got into foul trouble, they didn't miss a beat in how they were playing. Yeah, that was the cool. bench early on in this series was the difference. Like, game was kind of even, and then the bench would come on, and the bench was just so much better than the Heat. I do believe that that idea, I think, Acho, you brought it up, like, that idea of you need a big three or you need superstars to, to play for a championship – I don't know if it was ever true, but I don't believe it's true in today's NBA game. Mm-hmm. I think having a versatile, deep, balanced team with a star who can get you there and lead you there, that that's really the formula as opposed to being top-heavy. We've seen too many top-heavy teams who have failed. Well, isn't that the, the story of this whole postseason? Yeah. I mean, the Heat aren't paying anybody. They have out 50, yep. 11 undrafted players. Yeah. It's, it's Jimmy who's been on multiple teams. We don't even know what BAM is. And they went through the Eastern Conference. And then you have a better team that's put together that they meet in the finals and it comes out that way. Yep. I, I think there's something to that. I mean, obviously, you're going to have stars in a star-driven league. But we've seen multiple times throughout this postseason that not having depth has been a huge issue. Shady, chime in on that. You were a star 12 years in the league. You played with several stars. You won a Super Bowl two ways, you could actually say. And this will be interesting, and then we'll go to break. You won a Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who had acquired Tom Brady, acquired Antonio Brown, acquired yourself, acquired Rob Gronkowski, acquired – no, Landon Fournette was drafted there. So the four players that scored – No, they They got him. They acquired him. He got released. Yes, Jaguars had drafted Leonard Fournette. I think – Number five overall. It took took my carries. Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) So I believe it was the four touchdowns that were scored in that Bucks Super Bowl were all players that were acquired that offseason. But then you won a Super Bowl with the Chiefs. Mahomes drafted there. 
Tyreek Hill drafted there. Travis Kelsey drafted there. Right, You've right. seen it both ways. Basketball is different. But speak from your place of expertise. How do you view I mean, building it, buying it, all the things? I, I, I don't care about if it's bought or if it's, if it's you know, uh, built. That don't really matter to me. You just got to have the players. You got to have the culture and you have the players. You know, and you have to have some coaching. Um, I think even with the, the Chiefs, Andy Reid and, and uh, Brett Veach, who's the GM, they're great at building players. That's what they do. From myself, you know, uh, Donovan McNabb, Deshaun uh, Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. I could good name forever. But they're they good at building their players. And then with the, with the Bucks, they're different. They bought their players, mm -hmm. right? You go get you a veteran like uh, Tom Brady, you get, you get Antonio Brown. You already had Mike Evans. You had Chris Godwin. Then you add in um, Kronkowski. So... And then to learn from that. Like, you can always, I feel like, as long as you have the players and the talent and the culture, that's all you really need. I don't care if it's bought or if it's built. Who created the culture in Tampa Bay? Who created it? Yeah. Who, who, who think, was responsible? I, think, I, would, I, would say, I would say a lot of that was Brady, but a lot of that was Bruce Arians, too. Okay. Him being the coach, you know, hey, look, yeah, we got Tom, and Tom's going to do his thing, right? But also, Bruce Arians, his voice... It was, was dominant. When he spoke, we all listened. If it's offense or defense. Hmm. It's interesting. Well, a coach spoke in the NFL earlier today in Sean McDermott, and we were all listening. He said that he's very concerned because a star-wide receiver, Stephon Diggs, did not show up to the first day of mandatory mini-camp. We will tell you how big an issue and if we have an issue with his absence next. This is no small deal in the NFL. Next on Speed. Okay, let's head to the NFL because there's some drama brewing in Buffalo. Stephon Diggs missed the start of the Bills mandatory minicamp today. Now, his agent reportedly said he's in Buffalo and has been in Buffalo and he'll be there for the entirety of minicamp. But his head coach, Sean McDermott, didn't seem as confident. Y'all take a listen. No, very concerned. Yeah, very concerned. Listen, I respect everyone's, everyone's questions and what they want to know about our team right now. I'm just, I'm not going to get into, into that anymore. Shady, I will always defer to somebody who has more experience than myself. You played for Sean McDermott. You played with the Buffalo Bills. So you know more than I in this situation, but I will offer up my first thought. I have a huge issue with Stephon Diggs not being at minicamp. Apparently he's in Buffalo. Apparently he was in the building at the start of the day, but then dipped off. The reason I got an issue with it, Shady, is like, if you're a leader of the team, and right. I believe Stephon Diggs is a top four leader of the team. Yeah. I believe you have Josh Allen. I believe you have Micah Hyde slash Jordan Poirier. I count them to some degree as one. Both play safety. You might argue Von Miller, but he just showed up. He got hurt last year. Then I say Stephon Diggs. He's there. Leader. All pro. All star. He is the leader of the team. There is no excuse in my mind to miss one of only three days of mandatory minicamp. For those at home, off-season activities are voluntary. They are literally voluntary. Yeah. From when you get eliminated in the playoffs, you don't have to show up to your team's facility mandatorily until training camp outside of three days. Three days of mandatory minicamp. 24, 36 hours. Three 12-hour days, if that. And he couldn't give me that for whatever reason. I don't care about the reason outside of his <coughs> own family Dude. health, obviously. Shady, is it an issue? You got an issue with it? Where you at? This is small. This is this is small price. These are conversations for off season. This is what we do. He didn't show up to mini camp. Okay, it's a big deal. No, this is it's small, small, small. First of all, Sean McDermott, relax. You're my guy. We know each other very well. I miss some some mandatory days, <laughs> you know. So I understand that. First of all, they gave the guy seventy million dollars guaranteed. All right, he's gonna be there. He's gonna be playing for you this year. Okay, <laughs> he can't get away from that. Second of all, I think that Stephon Diggs, even though he had his issues as far as um, how the, the postseason ended for the Bills, which was most players, you know, they'd be upset, player like him. 
he knows life without Josh Allen is. Mm-hmm. He was there with Kirk Cousins, right? He knows how that looks, right? He was there with Minnesota. Mm. He had some good years, but he had a year like he does with the Bills. Yep. And as a player, as an all-star, I get that mindset. I know the difference. From this offensive line to this one, ah, I know the difference. So I think it's not a really a big deal. And, all, and the last thing is, like, I feel like what Stephon Diggs is, he's a player that, that plays with his emotions, right? When they lost that game, and I could talk about it because I've been there where I'd be pissed off. I don't want to go hang out. I don't want to talk to friends. I don't want to text on, on the phone. I don't want to talk to my mom or my daddy. Only my kids. <laughs> and, and he shows that. When they lost that game, yeah, I'm sure him and Josh are good friends, but he was pissed off. So when he comes back, we won't talk about this no more. When he comes back for camp, the real camp in, in, in July, and he's over his teammates, we will not talk about him missing many, many camps. So, Stefan, enjoy your time, bro. Enjoy your time. Shady, I'm going to say something offensive. I apologize. In don't case. offend me. I don't know where we might take this. <laughs> Don't you think this is what losers do? In the sense that mini camp, when it's mandatory, I need everybody all in. Like, voluntary, that's cool. All incentivized. You oftentimes, players get $100,000 guarantees to show up for okay. off-season volunteer workouts. Don't you think losers do stuff like this, not go to mandatory mini camp for whatever reason? Don't you think winners go to camp when, only when it's mandatory, three days? I'm not talking about, like, dumb stuff. Don't you think, like... Like, this isn't winning behavior. Yeah. To me, this is, this is losing behavior. And he's not a loser, but this is losing behavior. This behavior, to be, to be honest, totally honest with you, because you're wrong, this is superstar <laughs> prima donna attitude. Mm. Every wide receiver that's, that's really like that, they go through these stages. Should I name some? Tony Brown, one of the best to ever do it. Randy Moss? Uh, 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 Terrell Owens, Chad Johnson, Brandon Marshall. Don't make me to start naming players. So what you're saying, I get it. We're speaking from a TV perspective, right? Talking about the game. But most star players, they have these prima donna moments. They just want to come. He's in Buffalo. He gets in the car. Man, I'm good. I'm I'm, I'm chilling today. And then, you know, in many many camps, the first day is like, there's like, Small, it's nothing. The whole thing is really a like, waste come of time. on, it's yeah, the, like you're not. It's not you're getting better, but I just I don't know, Joy. Where you at? Aaron Foster, Shady McCoy, Deshaun Jackson. Let me, <laughs> let me stop. Let me just stop. Let me stop. go ahead, Joy. I'm sorry. I thought it was something until the agent said that he was there. He did say that, and yeah. then I'm like, okay, so he's not like asking to get. He's not going anywhere. They're not trading him. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Yeah. He's going to want that money. I'm pretty sure he's going to show up and play. So it's very just. Confusing. For me, nothing is everything. Everything is something. Right, right. So it's something, and I'm sure we'll find out what. Mm -hmm. I can't jump to the conclusion of it's, you know, he wants to be traded. And it just doesn't, the math doesn't math for that. And and, and why would you wait till today of all days to make this this Mm -hmm. grand gesture announcement if you were that unhappy? I feel like there were other times to do this. So it's all very weird, but I will say... Everyone is dying to jump off this Bills bandwagon. <laughs> Everyone would like a stop. Can we stop, please? Boop, boop, pull over. I would like to get off. Not me, particularly. But a lot of people are ready to, to bail on what the Bills have going on. And there's always a start to a saga. There's always a, there's always a first step to building a dynasty, you know. Always, there's always that one thing that Why begins everything. Why did you throw that this direction? I'm not Michael Malone. I'm just involving you. Okay. Uh, so I don't, I don't really think it's anything. But like I said... Nothing is everything. Everything is something. So right. It's not that he's missing a day. It's the confusion over why he's missing the day that concerns me about the Bills. And I don't know about you, Shady, when you didn't show up, yeah. if it became a news story. And Sean McDermott, whoever it was, was saying, 
Yeah, I'm very concerned that Shady's not here. My guess is they didn't do that. That's the problem that I have, particularly where we have the bills, where, where, the, where the bar is set for the bills. Yeah, top like, team. Yeah. They're under the microscope now. Can they, can they take that next step? And so when you have a player of Diggs' magnitude, and the, again, McDermott's saying, he, if, if he had just said, yeah, he's not here, we're working something out, whatever. We'll, but he said, I'm very concerned. What the hell does that mean? Clear. Like, Slick, I, let me update you. So Josh Allen has just said, I guessed it, internally we're working on some things. It's not football related. Steph, he's my guy. I bleeping love him. He's a brother of mine. This does not work what we're doing here without him, close quote. So it's not football related and internally we're working on things. Oh, that helps? I don't know. Shady, I mean, you tell me. I'm going to say he didn't really say much. Right. I, I, okay, I'll do uh, this. Shady, I'll, I'll do, do it for you guys. It. I'm going to text my boy and see what's going on. I got you. I'll let you. I'll let you give, give you an update. Here's the, que- here's the question. <laughs> Do you think that this is a carryover from what we saw in the playoffs? <laughs> and by the way, Shady, What's up, Shady we sources. thought you were doing that this morning when yeah. this subject first <laughs> need, came up. We need Shady sources. Yeah, I know y'all's going to get that deep into it. Look, we are getting Shady sources <laughs> as we speak. Hopefully we'll have an answer. Uh, in the Hopefully theater. they're not Shady yeah, sources. The sources. They're <laughs> just Shady's, Shady's <laughs> sources. Uh, all right, coming so up, the NBA funny. Finals, y'all know they came to an end. But what player changed our opinion of them the most? Mm. Was it Jokic? Is he solidifying the best player in the league? Was it Jamal Murray? Maybe Bam Adebayo, a true number two, a number one, not nah, number three. Or Jimmy Butler. That's next on Speed. Well, you were watching the action last night. Nikola Jokic, he's really changed my mind, at least, after averaging 30, 14, and 8 in the NBA Finals. But... He had help from teammates, including Jamal Murray, averaged 21 and 10. Now, on the other side, Jimmy Butler averaged just over 21 for the Heat. Bring us on camera, please. I'm having a lot of fun with today's show, um, but I've been too nice for too long. So I must revisit this mm. thought. Uh-oh. Joy, my opinion changed on a lot of players watching the NBA Finals. Like, Nikola Jokic really solidified for me he's the best player in the world. I love me some Giannis. I apologize in advance, Giannis. But right now, Jokic is the best player in the world. Jamal Murray, an absolute beast. Absolute beast. Like Shady said, hasn't made an all-star game yet, but he is an all-star player. Absolute beast. But my opinion changed actually most, unfortunately, of Jimmy Butler. Shady, the best position in football is the backup quarterback. Backup quarterback can do no wrong. They get to sit there and just coast. If they're thrust in as a starter, if they ball out, oh, my God, it's so amazing. And if they struggle, well, they're just a backup. And I was thinking about it this morning that Jimmy Butler is to some degree a backup star. Over the course of the regular season, we don't pay him any mind. We're too busy focusing on Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, amongst others. In the playoffs, Jimmy Butler, he stars, and we're like, oh, my God, 56 points, 42 points. But then when he struggles, I mean, come on now. He's just Jimmy Butler. Like, he's not Kevin Durant. He's not LeBron. (laughs) He's not KD. Like, relax. He's just Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler is a backup star. Mm. He is not the alpha star. He is not a superstar. He's just kind of... Like the backup quarterback who can do no wrong in our eyes. So when I think about my opinion changing most of a player outside of Nikola Jokic, it was actually Jimmy Butler. Um, sorry, Joe, I just had to get that thought off. I didn't do enough on Jimmy Butler earlier on. Um, which player changed your opinion the most in the finals? Well, obviously, I disagree with you about Jimmy Butler, but I'm not going to crash the segment. So 
I think I think Jamal Murray. I'm going to say nice things about the Nuggets today. Obviously, I'm very that sad that the Heat up. lost, but they were overmatched, and the Nuggets played an amazing series and had an incredible run. But Jamal Murray's story, him mm-hmm. overcoming the injury, as you mentioned, not being an all-star, but looking like most of the series, the second best player on the floor, is really remarkable. And psychologically, it takes a lot to come back from injuries like that. We don't talk about this enough because it's like kind of boring, but when you have a massive injury, it's not just your body recovering. You have to mentally trust yourself again. You gotta push yourself to that edge. You gotta trust that body part. You've gotta be able that you're strong enough that you're not off balance and you hurt something else. It's really hard Mm -hmm. to come back from those injuries mentally. So you're dealing with that while also trying to win and go to a championship and win a championship for the first time in the franchise's history, Jamal was just really incredible. And as unbelievable as Jokic was, they don't win that championship without Jamal Murray. And he has my favorite shot in the league right now. So That's yo. Anytime you go that on a run. Three, like, it, was, it was finally relieving not having to go against the Nuggets. I feel bad for you. Because when I was cheering on the Lakers, And I was like, oh, they're about to make a run. And then Jamal Murray would just make a dagger fall away three. And it crushed my soul. But now when he did it, I was like, oh, thank God I'm not cheering. Yeah, it wasn't a fun experience. I'll be honest with you. It's much it's much nicer uh, to I would have been more angry to lose to a team that I didn't like. Yes. But it, it, it's, it's hard. Like, the Nuggets are a very likable team. It's just, you know, what are we going to say? Yeah. You know, cuddly. we're just like, it's nice. Shady, which player changed your opinion the most, man? Before I give you that, I'm so happy that Joy is finally acknowledging the talents between <laughs> the Heat players and the Nugget players. Yeah, only, only the Nuggets, though. Everybody else can be quiet. No, no, no. no just, but just, just the Nuggets, the going, Nuggets but, have better, you, they you were coming, better. You, you're coming more on inside. And that's, and that's, only and, for the Nuggets. And small steps for us. Yeah. Small steps, right? Giant steps um, for the speak. You know what? I, was, I had Jamal Murray and then, and then uh, you know, Joy, she took Jamal. So I'm going to go on a different approach. Mike Malone, right? <laughs> this, and, and this thing about the things he's did, so... I'll take you back. Even the Lakers, when, when they were beating the Lakers up to August, the Lakers, I watched how, you know, they only spoke about the Lakers, what the Lakers did wrong. He's like, hold up. We just beat him. Y'all talk back. Put more pressure on his team. Let's go out there. Let's earn that respect. Then once they beat him, he talked about now, and y'all still talking about the Lakers after we swept them. Cool, you can have that. We're going for a championship. I look at against with the Suns, right? When they were up 2-0, mm-hmm. and then they went to, to Phoenix, and they, and they tied it up. Yep. He got on his team's uh, case. He said, yo, what's up with the defense? We ain't bring on defense at all. Mm-hmm. I'm concerned if we don't play defense and we don't have no effort, I'm concerned. What did they do? One they guy. locked up yep. and closed it out. Let's go to the finals. Wow. The Heat's been fighting, 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 fighting. After game two, they lost. He talked about the defense. He got all his, his players' cases. I want to see defense. He made it a big issue in the, in, in the media. A lot of people on TV say, oh, man, you know, he needs to take more accountability. He's blaming his team. What did his team do? They came back and responded. And whooped tail, and they got the victory, and they got a, a championship. So I'm going to give a lot of love to, to Mike Malone. He's doing a hell of a job. That is a Mount Rushmore take of yours. I cannot oh, lie. Oh. That's a Mount Rushmore. Put me in the Raptors. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Mount Rushmore. Because you know what's funny and shady? I don't know why the heck I didn't think of that phenomenal job. Is The Boston Celtics, you and I at least would have said, were more talented than the Heat. Sure. But El- Eric Spolster ran laps around their coach. Yep. Ran laps around them. Be, although Giannis and the Bucks were hurt, you could still argue that even without Giannis, that the Bucks should be absolutely solid. No, you're right. Yeah. It's comparable. Yeah. We're not but Eric Spolstra and freaking uh, 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 the Heat ran laps around the Bucks. Clearly, we know what Coach Bud was going through at the time. But now you think Mike Malone. In theory, the same thing could have happened. 
Like, you're exact. That's a brilliant yeah. point you made. In theory, Slick, the same thing could have happened. Now, yeah. Jokic is different, but yeah. in theory, Spolstra could have found a way to steal this game because mm-hmm. they were tight. And mm-hmm. the Nuggets played about as bad as you can play. They play yeah. Go back at home, yeah. maybe steal one more, and now you got game seven, anything can happen. Pressure. Yeah. Pressure. Mike Malone, I didn't even think of that phenomenal job. Slick, yeah. who changed your opinion? Well, those two things, I want to I want to piggyback on that a little bit. You know, those, those two things, the, what Eric Spolstra is able to do and what Mike Malone is able to do are born of the same thing because – Michael Malone just didn't demand those things for them. But you can demand those things when Jamal Murray comes to you and thinks he's going to be traded and you say, no, you're my guy, Mm. right? Um, You can get on Jokic when you go over and visit him in Serbia and meet his family and his brothers feel as close to you as his team. You can be tough on them when you show them your soft side. Mm -hmm. And Michael Malone has done that and it's given him that. Taking a hard left turn here, I'm going to go with Bam Adebayo because what I have always thought about Bam is he's, he can be good, but he's wildly inconsistent. Okay. And what he showed me in these finals, he never, score, he, he never scored less than 20 points in this, in this uh, or double digits, scored double digits every Game. game in this series. Last year, he had two six-point games in the Boston series alone. He had three six-point games during the, fi- wow. during, during the playoffs. Um, he had nine, minimum nine rebounds every game in this series, as many as 17. He's always brought it for you defensively, but there are times where he would get shy offensively. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see that. He was constantly in attack mode. He was constantly, they tried to put as much pressure as they could on Jokic defensively. And Bam was at the heart of that. He took at least 14 shots every game and in a couple took 20 plus. That's a lot of shots, particularly for someone like Bam Adebayo and particularly for a team like Miami that has a lot of equal distribution. I've put him in the, I, coming into these playoffs, I had already tucked him into that Serge Ibaka wow. category of Ooh. really good, really talented, but I can't count on him. Mm. And I know that you guys have, and we talked about this, about moving him as a number three, as a good number three. I, go I think with the right number one, what he showed me in this series that he's capable of being a number two. Because just imagine, imagine it wasn't Jimmy Butler as your one. Imagine it was a Kevin Durant or a guy that you go, oh, he's going to get it every game. What Bam Adebayo gave me in this series, I think would have been enough to get me there if I had a little more other talent. I didn't have him as capable of that previously. And obviously, they still have to finish the deal. Like, he has to be part of Of something that finishes the deal. But this is the first time where I saw it and I said, you know what? It's consistent enough. Like, he, he never got shy. He was always aggressive. Didn't always make every shot that you wanted him to, but maintain that aggression. I, I that can take you a long way. I, I like to take – I don't know if – I mean, there were some games we played great in the first half. The second half, he disappeared. True. He showed me more magic than, than showing he could be at number two. Magic well, is a magician. Like, but, I'm but there were, showing up and then disappearing. Okay. I don't see no but – were, But there were times because well, of what? the way that they were running their offense. And this is the other thing that he showed me. Like, I never thought of him as a playmaker. 
I, and I, there no, no, was no, see, times, I did, I did, I thought he was talented. Okay, but they... Dribble, could pass. Well, understood. But they would literally put him, like, at the top of the key yeah. and say, we're going to play Jimmy down low, yeah. and we're kind of we're going to reverse roles yeah, here. He got talent. Play this way. Like, they, they, he just showed me some things, and they showed me some things that... I, I have greater respect for his overall game he than I did before. I, I agree. Interesting. He got he got I agree with you wholeheartedly. Like, I came in thinking, bam, out of bios, he's a good player. Yep. Solid player. Yep. But I left, like, yo, he, he showed me heart shady that he did, hadn't previously showed me, and particularly in this game. And you're right. He ran out of, he ran out of gas. No, 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 no. no. He, he's, he's young. He's not he's running out of gas. This dude had 18 points in the first half. He had two in the second. So I'm trying to find out, right, because I think you guys are really good on TV. I'm trying to find out, right, right, because the eyeball test, I'll tell you about the eyeball test. Yeah. My eyeball showed me that. What part is this? I'm not, I don't get it. What, what did y'all see that yeah. I see? Here, here's the only part of it, and Slick, I'll throw you the oop. Hopefully you can finish it off like mm-hmm. LeBron circa 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, the part I saw is, Shady, if you give me 18 in the first half, that's me running the first leg of the relay, and I'm going stick. Jimmy Butler, finish it. Caleb, finish it. Like, like Jimmy said, oh, this... Jimmy said in the first half, I ain't going to give y'all much. Right. <laughs> I'm going to give y'all right. eight. Right. Hand me the baton in the fourth quarter, I'll finish it. And how did that work? It didn't work great, but Jimmy didn't give you the second half that the BAM gave the, you the first the, half of. You play in the NFL, yes, God darn it. And they tell you this, it's not how you start, it's how you, finish. Show. It's how you, finish. How you finish. It's how you finish. I've seen so many Super Bowls, finals, where dudes go get crazy busy the first half, the second half, they, they, they lose the game. Sure. True. Sure. The freaking comeback with the, uh, the, the Atlanta Falcons and the, and the, um, the Patriots. Yes, sir. Yo, every team will always um, show that. They would show, like, you know, why it's important to finish the games. Yeah. And they always bring up the highlights of <laughs> playing the, the, the Falcons and the Patriots for that reason. Y'all not going to sit up here and brag on TV to America, especially not America, to me, and tell me how great Bam did. He's a solid player. Okay, we need more than, than, than 18 points sure. in the first half and two in the second. Here's the distinction. Talking and the he, distinction he from gotta found from so football. much about him. He's a show with y'all. I need to watch TV on y'all TV. It looked different. It looked different. Take us home, Slick. Take us home. Are you done? Can I, I go? I don't know. Depends what you say. I might. I, don't I know. know. You're going to jump in again? It depends <laughs> what you say. You might tell me he's one of the best. I don't know. Well, here's, here's the one distinction. It is that Bam has to play both ways. Uh-huh. And Bam has to be the heart of their defense. Yeah. Right. So you're asking him to play defense against the two-time MVP. Mm-hmm. And you're asking him to score. That's why I made the distinction. Like, as long as he's continuing to take the shots and he's trying to score, maybe he didn't get it done this time. Right. But I need you to take the shots when they are there, not looking to someone else to bail you out. And he did that. So, let's give him a chance. They put a little more talent around him. You don't ask as much from him at both ends. And maybe he can sustain it, and he doesn't have to play a two-time MVP. And, and, and I, I can do that if you give him the same grace with Jimmy Buckets, because he got to play one of their best players. He got to play defense. He got to score points. So if I'm gonna do that for Bam, you do that for Jimmy. Well, I'm doing it for both of them, obviously. <laughs> Coming up. <laughs> oh, Josh Allen's calling right now. <laughs> we got some. Return. When we return, we have to have the most exciting conversation of the day. How impressive was the title run actually? Are we overblowing this whole thing? Mm. Or was it one of the most mm. impressive things we've ever seen? Mm. Next. I got the Buffalo scoop. <laughs> I got the ball on digs. Should I answer? What should I do? <laughs> call, you call my 
Okay, the Nuggets are champions. They capped off a playoff run unlike any other. The road to the title saw them beating opponents named LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, amongst others. Now, bring us on camera because, Flick, you incited the most heavily debated conversation on this show maybe in the last two or three months, talking about how impressive Jokic was in his title run. But this is about how impressive the Nuggets were yes. in their title run. I have been waiting roughly 12 hours to mm. hear your answer to this question. Yes. How impressive was the Nuggets' finals run? I am impressed by the fact that this is a team that had one guy with championship experience, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who won that ring in the bubble. Mm -hmm. But I'm not overly impressed. I'm not going to say this was some sort of historic run because I have to take into consideration who they went through. <laughs> and while the names are big, every one of the teams that they beat was constructed on the fly. The Minnesota Timberwolves traded for their point guard, Mike Conley at the trade deadline. They gave up three guys, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, D'Angelo Russell. I'm listening. All right? I'm listening. We go next to the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns traded for Kevin Durant at the trade deadline. He played, what, a dozen games? I know they were very impressive. Shady kept reminding us over and over and over again. The God. And yet, it took away a big part of their bench, and they were still under construction as they went into the playoffs. You got my ear. And then... And then we get to the Los Angeles Lakers, who may have had the greatest makeover of any of the teams that they face. <laughs> Rui Hachimura, uh, Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley, D'Angelo Russell. Mm -hmm. They reconstructed half of their rotation again on the fly. And meanwhile, what did we have with the Denver Nuggets? We had a team whose core had gone to the 2020, who played the last iteration of the Los Angeles Lakers. So they came into this with a huge advantage over every team that they faced. So am I impressed? Yes, I'm impressed. Any championship, however you win it, is impressive. But is it historic impressive? I can't quite go there. Joy, you're either stretching your neck or heavily agitated. I mean, my neck does hurt. <laughs> I mean, it's the start of a dynasty, so I don't know how it <laughs> It was very impressive. I don't want to jump to big this. V, I don't want big to jump v or to little historic v. because I, I think we need air around things to decide how, where they rank historically. You know, I think we need to step back sometimes. We are doing TV, it. you know. Well, no, I mean, like, we, we need to react now. But in a few years from now, we might say this is an incredibly, this is more historic than it feels like it does today. Mm. I don't want to jump to historic or dynasty, or big words. But it certainly was impressive, which I guess is a big word. But <laughs> it's, it, it is impressive. He did go through a lot of stars. They did go through a lot of stars to get there. Also, why are they being penalized for being a well-run, well-built team? People used to do this about the Warriors. People still do this about the Warriors. Oh, super team, bah. It's not a super team. It's not a super team. It's literally the best version of whatever sports nonsense, almost just curse, that you want to come up with when it's talk about building a team. They drafted and developed those players. They bring in role players. They bring in guys nobody else wants and lets them have an opportunity to shine. They, they're well coached. They, they treat players well. They pay people. Like That's why is it their fault that they're well run? That's y'all's fault. It's not my fault, it's y'all's fault. Why are, you, why are you mad at them for being well run? 
Their core is there. They drafted good players. They kept Jamal Murray. Jokic stepped up. And they got it done. Of course it's impressive. Why is it their fault that they're better run than other teams? Shady, take us home. I think it's very, 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 very impressive. I even simplify it like this for the viewers. It varies. Yeah, no, seriously. If I told you for this series that this, this NBA team, right, in the playoffs, that they would beat a three-time defensive player of the year in one series, mm. that they'll beat a, a, a all-star, two all-stars and a top 75 player in the next series, then, the, then, the, then, the, then the, last, the third series, I would go with two players on the top 75 team, mm. and then you win a championship. That's not impressive to you? Now, if I put even names together, it would look even better. Mm-hmm. But just to give you this, the, the narrative. So, Rudy Gobert, so three-time defensive player of the year. Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, two great players. And then he got, then you sweep. Sweep. Shady, can AD, LeBron, James. Can I ask you two, two players on the top 75 team. So, so, when you really think about it, that's amazing. Can I ask a question? Can I ask a question? Go ahead and ask a question, yeah, bro. Sure. For all of that star talent, the top 75, mm. that all, all that. I guess that, that don't matter. Blah, 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 I guess right? that don't matter. Because you why, vote. Why were three of the teams that they play playing teams? Okay, I'm glad we brought this up. Because can we have a real conversation about how some teams prioritize the regular season. We and, absolutely and, and, can, Jordan. Yeah, we absolutely can, but we season, gotta like, do it after the break. Okay, because <laughs> coming up, we have to answer that question. The Nuggets, they beat three playing teams. Slick got an issue with it. Joy got some words for him when we return on Speak. I can't wait for this. I just popped that bottle. <laughs> 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 Okay, Slick, when we left, you said yeah. something that nearly incited another riot. What was it? <sighs> I don't know. What was it? <laughs> you said something about the – can we talk about the fact that the Nuggets went three through play-in teams. three play-in teams? Oh, yeah, that's right. All right, well, then can we talk about how the Heat beat two of the top seeds in the East? Yeah. Like, what difference does it make? You beat who you beat. Yeah. I know, but the seating doesn't—the seating doesn't matter that much. If it was just one, if it was just one, I'd say okay. But it was three. It was three out of the four. So who would you have preferred they they beat on the Western Conference? Oh, guy, Bucks on the Western Western side. side. Oh, Western Conference. The East wasn't Uh, good enough. uh, You know what? We know that he was the best. They were all flawed, so I can't fault them for that. Congrats, Nuggets! (laughs) An amazing run. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>